Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Yo. This is our show. We're getting right this down to it. We're I all, know. We're all in normal places, so we can have a slightly normal episode, right? We're all at home. Well, I'm in a weird place, but y'all are yeah. at home. You're in a weird place, but you've been there for a minute, so it doesn't. This is my home now. It's it, well, yes. Number one, this is your home now. This 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 <laughs> tiny hotel room in in Arkansas is now my home. Um, but y'all are at home. Your home. You are also framed almost exactly as if like the video game didn't quite render the whole room yet. <laughs> like like the rest of it's about to like come in. Yeah. And, and like we'll see it. It, it one does very very blank wall. Just turn into gray and, pixelation. One blank wall, one busy wall. Uh, I am curious about a quick mammoth update from Andrew about like, were yeah. you able to successfully leave with the Jeep? Did you have to do more? I'm going to withhold judgment and we're not going to have Jeep tales on this. I promise you guys that was too much last week, but we just need we an update. We don't have to. Just a small um, update. The, the, uh, what happened was approximately two and a half more feet of snow fell after our conversation. And so ultimately it did require uh, many hours of shuffling to get out. Well, and also I think it was um, some combination of it must the, a thaw and a refreeze, but it was sure. mighty icy under the, under the tires. So it was less a, a Jeep power thing and more of a one thing that wasn't um, – Super easy to do up in Mammoth was by I guess in in Michigan we always used kitty litter to throw under sure. the the tires when it can't get traction. To get traction that was not yeah. easy to find. We ultimately mm-hmm. like kind of fucked up a couple pieces of firewood sure. uh, throwing them under the under the wheels. Yeah, and it ultimately worked. Mm. Um, Interesting. Um, but that was that's the Jeep update. Okay. Well, we'll get more into that uh, on wow. on our on our other show. If you're a Yoke and We Live subscriber, that's where we do the non-racism show and we talk about things like Jeep Jeep, Jeep details. Stuff. Um, yeah. But this was kind of a this is kind of a heavy week, and we had some stuff yeah. to talk about from MLK uh, MLK Day last week. So we should just jump right into it. So first of all, yeah. this is the show. Yo, is this racist? If you're a brand new listener. God love you. Um, this is the show where yeah. we talk so to some weird my day. co-host Andrew <laughs> T and our producer Kevin Brightell. We listen to your voicemails about racism, sometimes with a guest. Today, there's not. And uh, first, we get into some current events, which are usually very depressing, like they are today. What? Yeah, today might be more depressing than usual. I would I would submit. Yeah. Um, we did also because of our recording date, essentially miss possibly two weeks of talking about uh, Martin Luther King Day. Um, There is an element where it's sometimes hard for us specifically to remember that, like, that I sometimes I feel like everything that we can say, especially about how the day has been so thoroughly co-opted, has been said by us Mm. even. Yeah. Um, So sometimes it is a little just like, what do we even say but at the same point that's not the right mindset no but also and we we used to talk about this a lot on this show which is kind of the idea of like you know both the extremely wide yet also somehow extremely narrow audience for this show 
Yeah. And I say extremely wide in that there are there are people coming at this from so many angles, people who know the who knew the blog way back in the day, people who were Earwolf fans and just followed us over from hearing us on other podcasts, Star Trek people, weird industry freaks who are hoping to hire us for something and are seeing if we say anything too inflammatory about white people. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so the it's a, it's a wide net of folks and we welcome you all. But what that does well, tend to mean is that, well, Andrew welcomes some of you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what that does tend to mean is that, you know, there can sometimes be a feeling of well, in the circles that we run in, yeah. talking about MLK Day and talking about the quote-unquote right way to discuss Martin Luther King Jr. feels trite or feels overdone. And then I'll run into people who yeah. just are really coming from a different experience and yeah. have no idea that it is often overdone to share some of his more like moderate, let's all get along content of his character type quotes and to completely ignore the sharper toothed things that he said about the white moderate or about uh, police brutality or or any of his other quotes that people tend to overlook. And there are folks who have no idea that that division exists. Yeah. Yeah, or is even a conversation. And there are folks that are so sick of that conversation. They're like, guys, please don't get into it here. So. What I'm saying, I guess, is woe is us. This show yeah. is hard, which yeah. sounds stupid, but. Yeah, right. It is just, a, I guess, essentially a problem with our audience, which is like there are people coming at us from all kinds of places. Um, yeah. And there's a broadness to what we probably should cover when we have yeah. the energies um, or like a range of opinions. But yeah, I mean, even look the thing you just said, which is like there are people like, like the out-and-out racists who will tweet in support of Martin Luther King Jr., but then undermine his legacy in every way, who don't even get to the content of the character part of the stuff. Those are the, like, shouldn't we be nicer to white people? It's like, judge not by the the color color of your skin. Great. That sounds right to me. Um, that that's like the uh, what's the Shakespeare quote that everyone stops too early. Now is the now is the winter of my discontent, and everyone's just like, uh, now this is when I'm really sad and mad. But the rest of that quote is made glorious summer, where it's like, this is the time when my sadness is better. It's like the whole <laughs> the whole quote is important to the meaning of the thing. It's really like. Yeah, the fact that we can't even get to the end of the paragraph on some shit like this sort of tells you, like, like, I guess it's like the in the sad way the legacy of Martin Luther King, specifically not the real legacy, but like the sort of like warring cultural legacy is like literal racists trying to like co-opt the message they want of shouldn't in this case, often black people specifically calm down. (laughs) Like that is what they want Martin Luther King to have been saying, even though it is literally the opposite. Um, Little black boys and little white boys hanging out together. You know, they they want that part of the speech. And they're like, everybody calm down and stop dividing us with your pesky struggling for equality. Yeah. Because that's causing division. It is a thing where literally like... The idea of the i the idea of not the actual theory of critical race theory in twenty thirty forty years will also be unless of course the racists completely win which is 
I'd say they're they're having a good couple the couple years. Um, like, yeah, that will also be co opted into something soft and antithetical to what it actually means. Mm. Um, at the same point, there isn't really like. Is there any value to saying some shit like essentially like read his actual words or read the words mm. of X or Y person? I don't know. Um, well, there's value in it, but the people who will do that aren't the people we're really talking to. Yeah. Yeah. Or if we are, if they're hearing us now, they're not listening to us similarly. So. It's almost like a, a, a great orator from the, from the 60s was never meant to be excerpted into tiny, memeable, bite-sized quotes and yeah. comments. It's really like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I of course, I was going to say as guilty of it as anyone. I think there's pretty significant evidence that I'm like significantly more guilty of it than anyone, of mm. than a lot of people, I mean, of sort of deriving... Um, so much value in social justice via the least communicative medium available, like Twitter and such. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't fucking know. I mean, I, I used to think that like one thing that was a value of this um, podcast and the blog before it was like at least being able to like succinctly say these things, but I'm sort of less mm. and less sure of that as as we go on. I don't know. Anyway, that's okay to be aware of. Fuck, fuck the racists who you know. Just because you posted <laughs> some shit that. about Martin Luther King doesn't mean like you, you know, you can't. I mean, these people literally will like spend one minute, quote unquote, supporting his legacy on like the national holiday, and then you know, three hundred sixty-five days, two hundred, you know, twenty-three hours. 37 minutes a year uh, actively working against it. So, sure. And Martin Luther King is, of course, not the be all end all of um, civil rights um, and anti racism. Yep. <laughs> so, just play this back next year because I don't know if we're, or what else we're going to say next year, but we'll be better at the calendar part at least. Maybe. Why Speaking would I promise that? Yeah. Yeah, you can't promise anything when it comes to time, but it is a uh, lunar new year. Oh, yeah. calls it regular new year. Happy regular <laughs> new year. Thanks. Happy regular um, new year to all who celebrate. We're recording at a weird time because basically there was a just a mass shooting at, in, um, I believe it was Monterey Park, or at least Monterey it's Park, covered yeah. by the Monterey Park police, um, which is... Pretty near me. I actually drove by uh, the neighborhood or the, the city um, two days ago um, on route to Rosemead to get dumplings. I believe it's past it. Yes, I think it is. Um, so, and I had, um, so there was a mass shooting at a Lunar New Year celebration. Um, as of this recording, it is looking like they uh, have caught and killed the perpetrator who they, the police, uh, which we'll let's put a pin in that. Um, uh, and it looks as if it was um, a domestic violence situation, um, which yeah. is, you know, one of those things I know actually prior, one of the other things like prior to the shooting this week, um, there were, there've been a couple incidents of just like, um, 
anti-Asian, um, like just street violence um, mm-hmm. that was like explicitly linked to racism. So, so of course that was like on on our minds. Um, it's not like better that it's an Asian person who did this. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, all of these things are so tied to um, men, especially um, and semi-automatic weapons, especially. Um, and also, as of this recording, it's really just the word of the the Monterey Park Police and I believe that Los Angeles Police Department, um, who are and those are not reliable um, narrators at all. So, yeah. And look, yeah. you'll be listening to this in a couple of days. So, look, we don't if, know if yeah, everything always, I just said is accurate. Not, yeah, we're not journalists. Even so, uh, you know, yeah. things can change. Obviously. Even more um, than usual, we're not the news. Yeah, especially this week. But I do just want to point out if, you know, going with the current set of information that we have, if this was a domestic dispute, just a quick comment about how domestic issues are, uh, they should be all of our issues. It should be uh, a, a crime and, a, and, a, and an issue that we're all paying attention to, even if it does not directly affect you or someone you love. Not just because it means that someone could show up and kill you and your family members, even though you're not related to them. But because the the underlying hatred of women and control and subjugation of women all over the world yeah. just, just pulls at the fabric of society. When, yeah. <laughs> and it just, it, the, the fact that this type of violence is often seen as almost more acceptable because of terms like crime of passion or because of terms like, you know, or just because people think it's none of their business unless they see a a man, quote unquote, hit a woman. A lot of people, even even, and even if they do see that, but a lot of people won't intervene because they believe, because they've been taught to kind of like keep their head down, not poke their nose into other people's business. We don't know what was going on between them. And I, yeah. I just want to push back at every instance of that, even if it isn't, in your eyes, physical. If there, if there is any sense of abuse of any of in in all forms, emotional, mental, any of it, yeah. it is all of our duty as human beings to stand up against that in any way for the safety of everyone at yeah. all times. And it really yeah. is that big a deal. It, it is your business. Yeah. So just. Look, even the language we have to talk about this, this is not meant to like call you out at all, but it's, you know, you, you just in the, like talking about it, you use the word domestic dispute because like that is what we have right, to say yeah. about this. And that is insanity. It is never, yeah, that's not, not the word, <laughs> you know, not never a just quote unquote dispute, but that like yeah. softens. It, it's just like how we have to talk about hugely, overwhelmingly, disproportionately men abusing women. Yeah. You know. Asterisk, of yeah, course. dispute makes it sound like an even-handed yeah. disagreement. And it's just like, you know, and again, we don't know what the hell is happening. And truly, it is just like, you know, we're taking the words of the racist-ass LAPD. Um, so I guess grain of salt. Look, I mean, it, it probably doesn't, there's no real value in pointing out that you know, the fact that the suspect is not alive, even though white mass shooters are so often taken alive. Um, is that, I don't know. I don't know. 
Uh, it was a little, I will say, so like I did have actual friends in the literal ballroom that the shooting took place at the, at the festival, just like a couple, not a couple minutes before, but you know, less than an hour beforehand. So it's very like close. <laughs> um, yeah. Not that that's like, makes it any more important, um, but it, it's just like, um, yeah, I don't know. Guns close. are not making people, it, yeah, it makes people, everyone less safe. Um, and I will also say just personal on a personal level, the fact that the cops are trying to play this as like some kind of victory when they did not stop anything as usual. Mm. Um, and even like local journalists, like kind of like getting in with language of like, well, it's the Monterey Park Police Department is so small. And it's like implying that more cops would have done something, which is not Mm. based in evidence, which you mm-hmm. would hope uh, journalists would uh, do more of, but they do not. They love cops. Um, so, I don't know. Um, and then, it, yeah. It is, you know, Lunar New Year. It is to the extent that you can. Um, I guess I will also say, I did see on Twitter a lot of um, folks complaining. I don't know how pervasive this is maybe, but just like, um, when it is, as the, the narrative is coming out that it is an Asian person who committed this, like, sort of, um, I guess, gloating from the racists, like, see, it wasn't a white supremacist this time. Um, and, like, the, the degree to which it so rapidly became, um, yeah. I guess, a victory for racists that this wasn't a white person uh, is, as usual, disgusting, but... I don't know. I, yeah. Um, Yeah, that's never useful. Um, And then also- Our hearts go out to all the people affected and hopefully there's, you know, I don't know, some sort of information coming that that could possibly make this better. I don't know what that would be, but- Yeah. And we- this is just so fresh because it just, we're recording right after it. We just don't know. We we have no idea. Um, And I guess the other part of the other reason why um, I'm even more down on cops than usual- there is uh, the, the the police in Atlanta, um, you know, narratives differ because they killed this person in the woods. Um, but um, one of the, the people protesting um, the, the cop city, that's, uh, as it's been called, which is this like humongous, literal, not, you know, obviously, quote, exactly city size, but massive development like of a police training facility. Um, of like several buildings, basically, you know, a town for them to, I guess, play their little war games in to practice murdering people so that they can do it. Um, they murdered this person in the woods, Manuel Esteban Pais Tehran, you know, and now there are, they are, um, I think the best way to put it is like actively confirming that they are violent white supremacy upholding murderers uh, in their actions at the protest. They are leaning, you know, kneeling on people's necks. They're doing all the disgusting cop stuff as protests happen. <sighs> um, I don't know. I don't know if there's any, like, thing really to say other than, I don't know. It, it's the, the police as currently formulated and as they have only ever been formulated do not keep communities safe so as scary as it is um 
we are all we got. So look out for each other um, and start forming those networks. Um, you know, know, know your neighbors, help them. Um, and that is the thing that will actually make you safe in the future. Um, I'm sorry. I don't know what else to say. No, I think, uh, yeah, it was well said. All right. We are going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to get to everyone's favorite part, the racism voicemails. Um, there's a little bit of a theme this week. I don't know, Andrew, if you planned that, but, uh, you know, I did not. Stay tuned. <laughs> and we are back. Um, yeah, I guess it's not a strong theme, but uh, people can people can listen and see see how they feel about it. Um, if you, I was gonna say if you liked the first part of this episode, but this is this is a tough week, everyone. So yeah, uh, you know, this um, week was not. Not a normal week. Not indicative. I mean, there's there are no normal weeks. There's shit's bad every day. It's just yeah. whether or not it like makes it to the top of our individual news feeds or if we feel yes. like it's our business to comment on it. And sometimes we do and we shouldn't, and sometimes we don't and we should. But uh sometimes the show is a lot lighter and uh, you know, it just has to it, it is what it is. We we gotta do all all shades of this show have to happen. So yeah. what I was going to say is that if you're into us and you are in the San Francisco Bay Area on Saturday, September 4th, we will be at Cobb's Comedy Club at 7.30 p.m. as part of San Francisco Sketchfest. We're very excited to be coming back to Sketchfest because it's been a couple of years. So yeah. catch us live. We're going to have our guests, um, Mahana Dalshiki and our buddy Eugene Cordero. It's going to be a great time great little chat yeah it'll be fun it'll be nice to, to see folks in the bay area even though i famously hate it um but you know what every time you win me over a little bit sort of um <laughs> but no it'll be it'll be nice to see folks and yeah do that yeah. please come see let's us let's do it all right let's kick off the first fucking voicemail hey yo team i just walked into my gym and they had a stuffed doll with a straw hat that said happy chinese new year yo is this racist appreciate your work bye oh quick to the point ends with the title of the show i feel like it's 2016 this is a quick this is a swifty really (laughs) type voicemail (laughs) really solid work caller thank you we appreciate it i feel like i feel like someone (laughs) called i feel like that was a plant that's like someone we know who was like they've been getting wackadoo voicemails for too long we need to give them a real a classic do something normal for once yeah um so what was it that has this the the straw hat on a, stuffed a bear, a dog. dog. Yeah. Uh, a dog. If if Back anyone is not familiar um, with the uh, order of the, um, I guess the lunar zodiac is not the year mm-hmm. of the dog. Not that that would, I think, make it better. <laughs> I don't. It's know. rabbit, right? It is rabbit. Um, All right. So if it was a rabbit in a little straw hat at the gym, how we feel about that? Well, the little straw hat is the because I suspect we're talking about a rice paddy hat and not like a sort of um, clearly not like you know, a sun sun hat sun in the hat. desert. 
So Palm Springs situation. That one, obviously, speaking of throwbacks, is like this tricky situation because it's both so racist and it is something that, like, um, I will say from direct experience, like Chinese people especially are very complicit in that shit. Or Chinese Americans. You go to any Chinatown and we as a people evidently love selling those fucking racist ass rice paddy hats and more to white folks. Um, so. And I see it a lot on like travel TikTok. Like a lot of, I follow a lot of like black women travel and like, there's a lot of like, I'm going to this place and I'm, I bought this hat in the U S and I'm taking it with me or I buy it in the airport. When I land in Hanoi, I see a yeah. lot of that and I'm conflicted about yeah. how to feel. Cause it feels like the folks who live there are selling it to you to wear, but then yeah. I see it on and I'm like, this feels bad. It feels I know. Bad. I mean, it's, it's just like, oh, yeah, that is the feeling I get too. I go, oh, I don't know. I will be abstaining when I visit those places, but yeah, it's a little great. I definitely don't think it belongs on a stuffed animal at the at the twenty four hour fitness in America. Like, I right. I think that's that's sort of the thing is like, like, I, and this is the worst time for me to continue to have this opinion, but I do, which is like the. I mean, look, I don't have a fully formed or accurate theory about this, but like some version of, I think the like, probably some version of model minority myths being used to promote Asian people and Chinese Americans specifically, um, so lessened the, lessened but not eliminated, and obviously it's on the rise, like the like, type of racism uh, of, I guess, like random violent racism that Asian people faced. Oh, this is probably not true because I think these practices were like long before this happened. So look, I don't know what the antecedents are, but you know, Chinese people especially love like promoting these fucking stereotypes to white people. Hmm. You know, it's really the like every Chinese American restaurant you know, I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't love this. I don't love the chop suey font. I don't love the existence of chop suey full stop. Um, but also I'm coming at this from a very like different and privileged type of lens. Mm. Like I'm not, um, and nor have I ever been like part of sort of like a retail based customer experience mm-hmm. uh, for my income to, and largely catering to white Americans who are mm-hmm. racist. Um, and like needing to conform to those stereotypes. You know, I don't know what I would have been like in the 50s. I think you would have been exactly like this. Uh, you just would have been smoking and drinking a martini. <laughs> well, I would have probably also been like very unemployed and possibly in prison. But um, hey, I mean, one can dream. Um, yeah. So then I guess my question is, and this isn't really what the caller is asking, but I'm asking, how does a, your local gym, if they want to acknowledge the Lunar New Year, how do they do it in a way that's not at, at best cringy and at worst, you know, super offensive? Yeah. 
I don't know because that is, I think, I guess ultimately the sort of issue, which is like, because normally we say stuff like get stuff from the people of the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I just sort of said, Chinese Americans are extremely happy to sell the most racist shit to white people to help them, uh, quote unquote, celebrate a Lunar New Year. Um, I don't know. I don't know. There's some version of like emulating how um, Asian people um, celebrate this. It's also like worth pointing out that like because of the specific history of America, Chinese New Year, quote unquote, is such a... Uh, pervasive phrase and it's not Mm -hmm. really accurate and like obviously a big problem and probably a bigger problem going forward is like Chinese supremacy within Asia because guess what everyone in Asia pretty much uh, not everyone but you know many countries and types of people in Asia celebrate the Lunar New Year so Andrew I was somewhere where I believe some non-Asian people created a spread of snacks for Lunar New Year. And and when I sent the picture to Andrew and enemies of the show, Jessica Gao and Cody Ziegler, everyone had a fun reaction to it. Andrew, <laughs> I believe I believe you said, this spread is giving, I don't know who you people are, but I just know that you worship the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, yeah, basically what I'm, what I'm getting at. Uh, and it, that that made me double over in laughter. It was really delightful. I was really, um, <laughs> although there's some version of maybe that's the better attitude. <laughs> just like we don't get you guys. We just know yeah. you're kooky moon worshippers. Here's, Here's all some the sesame stuff. snacks. <laughs> Here's some fucking haw flakes. Get into it. <laughs> um, if if I may. And it's probably not easy in in any for everyone in America. But if you're able to get your hands on some haw flakes, which are these Chinese, <laughs> very dry candy discs that are unbelievably sweet, they sort of taste like a. I think they're I think they're called haw flakes because I believe they are a like basically like if you could do a somehow have a fruit roll up but drier, which <laughs> might be possible. Oof. It's like. Somehow it's powdery, but still holds together. But it's like really a fruit roll-up of a yep. of an incredibly sweet, kind of like raspberry-strawberry hybrid. I've never actually had a real hawthorn berry. I've only had haw flakes. Um, this sounds like fruit dip. Well, it, but <laughs> like it is. It, it is like, like a, it's like chaw. a solid. It's a solid piece. <laughs> it's sort of like if I don't know how it's held together. I assume fucking corn syrup or probably if it's in, in originally in the Asian version a some version of maybe the fruit I don't know all I'm saying is that's the taste of me and my sister bickering in the backseat of a station wagon and kicking my dad as he drives so get yourself mm-hmm. some some haw flakes and, and be transported out, back to 1987 <laughs> find out why I'm like this <laughs> Uh, I when after you texted me that the haw flakes were no longer there, so they must have been popular, or someone moved them. I don't. know. I think they're they're they are as gross as I just made them sound. They are like weirdly addictive. I think mm-hmm. I think if someone got their hands on one, because mm-hmm. they're 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 like, it's like it's like they're about the size of a quarter, but like cut in half on the 
like half as tall, if that makes sense, or half as half thick. as tall as a quarter. Okay, like a thick. It's like if you like drew a quarter on like a, like traced a quarter on like two index cards. It's about that thick. Okay. Um, but sounds, if you if you have one, you truly it is some once you pop, you can't stop shit. You're gonna eat them all, and <laughs> don't get me wrong. Again, they're gross. But they're like but you will very, very hard to stop eating them. Andrew, you have to stop describing things as tracing a quarter on two index cards. Like <laughs> it's just too much. Well, it's just real can thin. Be that. It's just real thin, but it's we about the it. size of a quarter. <laughs> we get it. Um, oh, Hawflakes, get at us for a sponsorship. Oh my um, god, <laughs> you're gross, but you're uh, you're un- We cannot resist you. Well, this is this is a uh, probably should be a Yoko We Live thing, but um, enemy of the show Jessica Gao and I were in um, Costco, and we did find the other the, like a thing I've been looking for for months, which is um, white rabbit candy popsicles um, from China, which had only I'd only seen online before, and I assumed they were like completely unavailable in America, and that shit is so fucking good, it's nice. wild. Um, I don't know if they have them everywhere or just in Costco's near Asian populations, but whoo, God damn. Look, so look good. for them folks and let us know. Yeah. All right. Should we kick this next? Voicemail? Yeah. Bye, yo team. This is a call out voicemail. I follow the veterinary community, which overall is lacking in diversity, but there's multiple DEI organizations who are working to change this. Now I'm calling about Dr. Keith Holinsky, owner of Rolling Hills Pet Hospital in Chula Vista, California. He sent an absolutely disgusting email to Dr. Valerie Marsano Gomez, who co-leads one of these awesome DEI organizations in veterinary medicine. You can find the entire email he wrote online through this um, social media account called Snout School. But essentially, he goes on this racist tirade about why highlighting identity and diversity in vet med is horrible. To top it off, wow. this dude signs his full name and signature with the name of his hospital and address, so obviously doesn't care about the public hearing his shitty views. I just hate mm. seeing these incidents happening in the veterinary community and feeling like I'm screaming into the void. So as a PSA to your other listeners in the area, please do not support this horrible Damn. person. Damn. Damn. This so, was a call-out call. As people... Uh, should know, but maybe they don't. We haven't said this in a while. We are a n- no to little research podcast. Um, we're not, listen, we're just, the part of what we bring to the table is not like knowledge, but just experience as people of color and opinions as people who kind of think about this stuff. But honestly, there are much smarter people out there. All that being said, um, obviously, because so many first and last names were used. Uh, mm-hmm. I did just double check. Um, and this is a thing. Uh, this is like, um, like, in, yeah, because this is a yeah. real, this is a straight up call out. I believe this would be the sort of thing that someone gets sued for slander if, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if we, we just aired repeated this and this. this didn't happen, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm on Reddit, the, the subreddit called Veterinary Profession. Um, Hot. I'm not going to read this whole thing. Um, but And this it, is the letter from the vet that sh- our caller is yeah, calling out? Yeah, the, the okay. racist vet, yeah. Um, but it, it, it is like, 
Um, so, so the the original vet. Um, let's see. Uh, her name is uh, Dr. Valerie Gomez. Just wrote a thing, uh, an article, how to avoid um, white saviorism in veterinary medicine and how to avoid it. And this guy wrote with his full ass name, um, uh, and and in his. <laughs> It has his little, like, you know, email sig just has, like, the name of of his racist ass vet profession, uh, veterinary practice. Um, But, yeah, it's just this, like, you know, like, laughable article about white saviorism, a made-up word. Um, Sadly Mm -hmm. gives voice to woke folks like yourself. um, and, And just, like, basically denying the existence of racism and being extremely racist and disgusting about it. I don't really need to read all this. Um, but yeah, obviously fuck this guy. Um, and it's just nice to have a, uh, first name and uh, first and last name. Uh, Yeah. Rolling Hills also by, by us in Los Angeles. Um, and yeah, Chula Vista, she said, wow. Well, God bless. Oh, Chula Vista. And, uh, sorry, yeah. Get yes. and get 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 thee out of here to that man. Um, just as a again a, a wide swath of listenership to this podcast, uh, just a few words about why d- diversity and, and inclusivity is important in veterinary medicine. I know you guys are probably thinking, well, the dog doesn't know the difference, but you know, a lot of different types of people own pets, and there are a lot of different cultural things at play. Not to mention different languages that are spoken. So, yeah, yeah I could see why having vets from different cultural and ethnic backgrounds could potentially be beneficial. Just like having people from different backgrounds in every job is beneficial because it just reflects the world that we all live and work and breathe in. The end. Yeah, it's really like, oh, just like the the idea, especially it's like. Like, I don't actually know how dumb you have to be as a racist. I mean, I guess this guy's just dumb as shit. But, like, you are, you know, I know you are a, quote, veterinarian, like, looking at animals. But you are providing a service to a human. And you still have to deal with humans and um, listen to their reports and their, you know, just what they're describing and what they're seeing, what their concerns are. Like Because the parakeet can't tell you why her stomach hurts. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's really like, I mean, a parakeet specifically obviously could, but like. No, a parakeet. I think a parakeet. Those don't talk, right? What's the difference? <laughs> Parakeets real little. I don't think they talk. Parrots talk. <laughs> um, Andrew, you know a lot about dogs. Going, You're not up on birds. Why are I we going say. down this road specifically? I don't know a lot about dogs. I don't know shit about dogs. Because we know where our strengths lie and arguing minutia about bird tendencies is is closer to it closer to our skill set uh yeah but you're right you're providing a service to people and truly though like the people if you don't have a at least a sensitivity to the fact that different cultures keep uh their pets differently like they 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 take care of and they it's just just like different cultures do all kinds of things differently i feel like this is such an obvious thing to state but i don't know i've just been hyper aware lately of Maybe because I'm in a different part of the country right now and surrounded by different types of people in my normal coastal bubble. And uh, I'm aware that this conversation is further behind in a lot of places than it is where we are usually having these conversations. Does that make yeah. sense? Without me sounding too much like an elitist bitch? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. It, 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 I guess that is maybe, yeah, the thing. It's like, this is not, not out there. Like, this is a very common point of view. It's only growing. Um, you know, this guy is like a classic example of using woke when he means the N-word. Like, yeah. it's just like... Uh, you know, I don't know anything other than like it was it was nice and full credit. You know, I'm kind of coming around. So are the two prongs are often where like, you know, people call and be like, so my boss or like this happened at my job and they're very vague about it. We're like fucking name names. And then the, this is one of the first times and definitely the most like thorough time someone has named names. And uh, my first reaction was like, motherfucker, I got to look this all up now just to be sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay a parakeet can repeat words that it's heard before yes not they cannot speak as clearly as larger birds like macaws but they can learn up to hundreds of words from their owners wow um i also want to say that the second predictive google fill-in when you write can parakeets the first one is talk the second one is eat bananas can parakeets Ooh. eat bananas so stay tuned the third to next one week. is Parakeet Hospital near me. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't go to Chula Vista. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Parakeet Hospital near me, not racist. Not racist. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fourth one. And then it's not a lot of options. Not a lot of options. Because <laughs> the third one, all led him to this guy. And yep. boy, was that a poor experience? <laughs> Tough weekend. <laughs> um, I think that's it. Yeah. I think yep. we've done it. We weirdly, you know, look, this was a bonkers week, bonkers day. We, yeah, you know, we're recording, we're doing it. It is, I guess, all we can do. Um, hopefully, we said more or less the right things, but yeah, um, yeah. Thanks for listening. I guess, yeah. Most importantly, thanks for tuning in. Not most in. importantly, but one thing that we like to say. And thank you for uh, uh, supporting us over on our subscription site. If that if that interests you, you can go check mm-hmm. that out. Suboptimalpods.com. Uh, yeah, and come see us at Cobbs on the 4th for Sketchfest. That's that's that, guys. That's um, I really right enjoyed watching 90s show this weekend. Oh, yeah, written by Mr. Andrew, Andrew T. Andrew. Yeah, it's so, it's so fun and funny. Everyone should watch it. It's on Netflix. Um, that's right. And I guess since since we're doing a little, it's not even self-promotion. This is just a, a job, but I would like to keep working. Um, apparently, Netflix cares about watching three episodes. So if you're watching mm-hmm. any, watch at least three in a row or just leave it on. There you yeah. go. There watch that first. Uh, watch the first three, and then you'll get Mr. Andrews. Dark in there. times. Yeah. Great. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. We'll yep. be here next week. Tune into Yo Can We Live on Friday if you are so inclined and subscribed. Three two three three eight nine seven two two three three two three three eight nine race. Leave leave your voicemails. Um, you know what? Put personal information in there. I'll I'll will I'll look it up. Not we'll your own up. personal information, but no, don't you don't know, dox racists. Yourself racist personal information when it's public. Yep. What could possibly go wrong with what I just said? I'm going to go with definitely nothing. Love you. Bye. Bye. This is Suboptimal.